bras for the longest time were designed by men and now all these women are like popping up bra companies and bras are all of a sudden a million times more comfortable. Like, how am I supposed to think about Bitcoin if my boobs hurt? <laughs> I'm serious. What would you do if your balls were like, had a wire poking in them all day long? That's literally I, what- I wouldn't wear that. Right, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, like- but that's my question is I know a lot of women stopped wearing them why are you wearing were, stuff that hurts the whole bra burning uh, <laughs> like, thing and they were ostracized right from society anyways I'm to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And, and we're, we're the, the Recephies. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap, maybe, but it's a lot of work. If I'm going to do something, may as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience-funded without ads or sponsors. Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. <laughs> See? Our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media, and of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin, and the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money, and so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, babe. Hey, Mandana. Hola to Spain. Guten Tag, Germany. Good day, Canada. Hola, Brazil. Sawadee, Thailand. Good day, UK. Hola, Argentina. Buongiorno, Italy. And namaste, Nepal. And howdy to Texas. Howdy to Texas. And hello to all of our other listeners out there. What time is it, babe? The current time is 801-251. We're approximately 1,129 blocks since our last recording. And we are 38,749 blocks until the halving. And if I gave you $1, how many acres could I get on Bitcoin Island? Today, you could get 3,423 acres, aka Satoshis, on sunny Bitcoin Island. And what about other tangible things? Eggs, beef, gas. You can get a dozen eggs for 3,799 Satoshis. You could get a pound of ground beef for 12,316 Satoshis. And you can get a gallon of gas for... 9,064 Satoshis. Do you know the price of a movie ticket? PricedInBitcoin21.com does not provide <laughs> movie ticket prices. How much do you think a movie ticket costs right now in America? Because you haven't been to the movies in a long time. Very long time. What's your guess? It's over $20. So I just went to the movies this weekend without Ian. It was $19. Ah, uh, you're close. You're close. But 
inflation hasn't hit us that hard. We're still under $20, apparently, which is crazy. I mean, but that's not like the bougie movie theater, right? It was a nice movie theater, yeah. Like there the were like leather seats, theater. but they didn't recline. They didn't recline. We can't be living like the poor's. I know. It was really embarrassing. So, yeah, I saw the Barbie movie, babe. Yeah, I heard. In the Barbie movie, they're all like, oh, I'm this Barbie. I'm Beach Barbie, President Barbie, Scientist Barbie, Dr. Barbie, Supreme Court Justice Barbie. And I decided that I'm Bitcoin Barbie. (laughs) Okay. Do you like that? Sure. So what does Bitcoin Barbie look like if I was a Barbie, you know? I don't understand. Like what's her accessories? A Bitcoin wallet? A hardware wallet? A a signing device? A signing device. What else? A nude (laughs) strapped to her backpack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's got a Safedine's book tucked under her arm at all times. Or is it just like I'm a podcaster, so I have like my podcast mic, my headphones. Not all Bitcoiners are podcasters. Yeah, but all podcasters are Bitcoiners. No. Not all podcasters are Bitcoiners. <laughs> all podcasters in this basement. So yeah, if you if I'm Bitcoin Barbie, you are uh, just Ken. And you don't get that joke because you haven't seen the movie. But Ken is just Ken. Yeah. But Barbie gets to be a bunch of stuff. But um, I say that because I've seen this clip a lot. Um, Actually, one of our listeners made a reel of it on Instagram and tagged us in it. Um, But it's like a conversation during the press tour of Barbie. And they're talking about, you know, what makes up a Ken or like what's a Ken's personality or whatever. And Margot Robbie, the producer and star of the movie who plays like stereotypic Barbie. I think that's what she is, says, you know, whenever, you know, their husbands would talk about, you know, certain stuff like Bitcoin. And so that that clip, like everyone's just posting. You're nodding your head. You've seen it, right? Yes. That permeated into my world. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe they're saying it condescendingly, but then like maybe they're not. But she's saying, you know, her husband and the other people, the other guys on set were, were talking about Bitcoin. So uh, from there, I thought, well, there should be a Bitcoin Barbie. It seems like whoever made this movie missed prime opportunity. Recast it. I know. <laughs> but you know, like there's a lot of jokes in there about like the stereotypes of certain guys. And you would, I think, like the movie. It's really funny, but you don't fall into any of those stereotypes, of course. But they didn't make any like crypto jokes, which I thought was kind of the missed opportunity. Depends on when they shot the movie. They shot it like in the past year. The past year? Yeah. During the crypto blowing up all over? I know. That's why they should have made the joke about it. Because, like, I don't know. <laughs> one of the jokes is, like, that Ken's really like horses, which I assume means, like, one of the accessories. Ken- it's all, like, based on the accessories that these dolls had throughout mm-hmm. the decades. But I assume Ken's always had horses or something. And they loved, like, karate. I don't know. But no crypto jokes in the movie. Oh, missed opportunity. But maybe Barbie 2, the movie Barbie 2, that'll come out undoubtedly one day because there's no original ideas anymore. Um, we'll have a Bitcoin Barbie, and I'll be it. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. If you could be Bitcoin Barbie <laughs> in a movie, that means I could be on set with the dudes talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> Hopefully by then the girls are talking about it too. It's time for shout outs. Each week we give a shout out to the top boost since the last episode. This episode, 1% of all sats are being split towards Sparrow Wallet development. Want to explain splits, babe? 
if you send us 100 Satoshis, one of those is automatically sent to the Sparrow Wallet Development Fund. We don't touch it. We are not like passing it on. It's just a feature that Fallon provides. If you know other projects that you think we should fund like this, leave a comment on Fountain and I'll reach out to them and see if they have a lightning node. Since we started sending splits to Sparrow Development, there's been two releases. So if you've given to our show, if you've supported our show in the past month or two, you've helped two versions of Sparrow go out the door. Look at you. Good job, listener. Um, but special shout out to Mere Mortals Podcast, Jason of Bitcoin, Zordon, and JPC BTC. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so the the comment from Mere Mortals, apparently like they listen to our show. They're they're a podcast, right? They listen to our show. I know, it's really cool. And um, they they were talking about on their show about our bounty program. So you've heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Someone's ego got struck. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're like, are we famous now? That's so can of you, babe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but it was kind of cool because like, as I said, when we started this, like, it'd be really cool to like normalize this idea of creating the circular economy and paying your listeners to do stuff via lightning. Um, there's no middleman. So if if I want to pay someone a thousand sats to do something, there's no like, what's your bank account, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which people don't want to give out. Yep. It's really cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. What's wrong, babe? I don't know. I guess I'm worried I'm not saving enough money in Bitcoin. Aren't we all? You don't seem worried. Like with most things, you just gotta set a goal and work towards it. But even with a goal, the price of Bitcoin changes so much, it's hard to keep track. I understand. That's why I created the Satoshi Savings Calculator. And how can that help? First, you decide how much Bitcoin you want to acquire. One Bitcoin. Great. Then you gotta decide how much time you want to give yourself to acquire that Bitcoin. Before the next halving, duh. That's also great because the calculator only lets you pick halving dates. Anything else I need to enter? Just how often you want to buy and which currency you want to use. Oh, so rather than buying it all at once? To loosely quote Desmond Tutu, if you want to save a whole Bitcoin, you got to do it like you eat an elephant. One bite at a time. That's gross, Ian. But true. Focus, babe. Where can I find this calculator? The pod's website, flirtingwithbitcoin.com. Wait, you haven't been to the website yet? Um, Let's get back to the show. Thank you so much for the info, babe. All right, babe. So I've been really busy watching the Barbie movie. <sighs> What's been going on? <laughs> but in I mean, all seriousness, there's like a lot of social commentary around that movie. I wasn't really into Barbie growing up, so I like watched it and was done with it. But people are analyzing it. They're feeling feelings. It's really interesting. I um, I'm I'm interested to see what comes of it, and like it's all around like what it means to be a a woman. But like I'm not joking when I say like. I don't know if I'm Bitcoin Barbie. There's a lot of other women in this space that are more into it. Like the whole idea is that women can be anything. And so I would hope that sooner than later, it's like a very mainstream concept that women are into Bitcoin, you know, which is like the idea of Barbie. It was like before there was Barbie, there were just dolls where you were just mimicking motherhood and you had a baby. And then Barbie came and Barbie specifically like, doesn't have a kitchen in her house and like doesn't have children and just like has jobs so there's a lot of analysis around it though so when i say like bitcoin barbie like let's make it happen guys let's bring it into the mainstream it has a b in it like it's there the alliteration is there right? right yeah yeah so there's just like a lot of analysis that's happening around it 
And I can't help but pay attention to it because the marketing team has just like been insane. They could solve any problem on earth, I think, the marketing team for this movie, right? It seeped into your life, right? Yeah, because Margot Robbie said the word Bitcoin. There you go. That easy. That easy. Yep. Yeah. That's that's how I heard the quote. Like <laughs> she didn't say they were sitting around talking about football or basketball. She specifically said Bitcoin. Dogecoin. She could have chose any word in the world. Granted, she's probably telling the truth, right? But like Yeah, it sounds like her husband's a Bitcoiner. Probably. Yeah. The best husbands are. I don't know about that, but I, I mean this is a very easy answer for why there's no Bitcoin Barbie. Because it's Mattel. <laughs> no, because on two angles, we can go from the Barbie angle or the like Bitcoin angle. From the Bitcoin angle, it's that Satoshi Nakamoto, he, they, she, whoever this happens to be, them sent the white paper to a very specific mailing group. And I'm willing to bet there are either A, no women mm-hmm. in that mailing group, or B, if they are, they were not girls who played with Barbies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? I mean, yeah, like, well, I wasn't a girl who played with so Barbies. Like, so, but from the Mattel side, like, Barbie is not about, uh, at least the way that I've always understood Barbie, Barbie was never about like creating new things. Barbie was about like, you can do that thing that already exists. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Like there was no chance of there being a Bitcoin Barbie. Again, yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. But my point is, is that like, it's very interesting how humanity is broken down where women are not either interested or involved in a lot of... I won't say a lot of, but specifically in this particular case, there almost certainly were like zero women involved in the thing because it's so nerd and tech driven that it's like, well, that's just not a domain for women for whatever reason that is. You know, I think about this a lot. I think a lot of society that women are now have spaces in or are welcomed into those spaces have been designed by men. And what women are doing right now is kind of redesigning those things. Often, a lot of things that women deal with, interact with, consume, those were designed by men because women weren't in manufacturing jobs or, you know, medical jobs, those types of things. And so what they're seeing is, wow, none of this serves me or this is really uncomfortable. Whether it's a piece of clothing, it's medicine, it's, you know, a kitchen device, all of these things, they need to be fixed. And so what's happening is women are coming in and they're improving these things, whether it's for their for men and women or just for women, right? So like there's this whole thing that's happening around medical studies where up until I think a decade ago, there were just medical studies weren't done on women. And so a lot of data around what happens to a person when they get some type of illness or how to remedy that illness, it's based on a man's body. And so like just recently they're finding out, oh, well, that doesn't work for a woman's body. It's, you know, those sorts of things. Women are are focusing on that. And so it's rare when a woman gets to just bypass those problems because they're trying to solve those problems for themselves and for other women in their life and then jump to real innovation, right? Not to say that women are also innovating. I think the younger generation is kind of like, all right, well, cool. The older generations of women have been doing this for a couple of decades. I can focus on more fun stuff. That's interesting. Whereas I think even women my age, right, I'm like pushing 40. I'm just trying to fix the now. I'm trying to fix the stuff that I deal with right now. 
So it's just, you know, there's a lot of catching up that women have to do now that they've been in the workplace for a while and they're allowed to be in science labs, they're allowed to be in courtrooms, they're allowed to own property, have bank accounts. There's, you know, like, mm-hmm. give, give women some credit. Like, it's it's so fascinating to find out, like, right, bras for the longest time were designed by men. And now all these women are, like, popping up bra companies. And bras are all of a sudden a million times more comfortable. Like, how am I supposed to think about Bitcoin if my boobs hurt? <laughs> I'm serious. What would you do if your balls were, like, had a wire poking in them all day long? That's literally I what... I wouldn't wear that. Right, yeah. I know. <laughs> like, like... But that's my question is I know a lot of women stopped wearing them. Why are you wearing were, stuff that hurts? The whole bra burning uh, <laughs> like, thing and they were ostracized, right? From society. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but like very much so. In all seriousness, these are the places my mind goes. And so we gotta touch base once a week and you tell me what's going on with Bitcoin. So I can remain and hold the title of Bitcoin Barbie that I've just, you know, donned on myself <laughs> this week. Uh, what's up, baby? So even Bitcoin Barbie needs to be informed on Bitcoin. Who's the Ken now? Am I, I am the Ken. I'm Bitcoin Ken. You're Bitcoin Barbie. <gasps> Ian's Bitcoin Barbie. It makes sense. He's so pretty. Anyway. Right. So we got a little bit of Noster news and then... I have a list of stories. Maybe we'll do all of them. Some will just I just want the others. interesting ones. <laughs> yeah. So first, we'll start off with some uh, Noster news. So is Noster changing their logo to X? No. <laughs> it's kind of like Stack Overflow. And if you don't know what Stack Overflow, Stack Overflow is a place where pretty much computer programmers go. They post questions about how do I do something. People give answers and then the person who posted the question like rates the answers as far as like what actually helped them. And then over time, when people come ask the same, look for the same question, they find the same answer. Like Yahoo answers. And yeah, but, and you upvote, you know, mm-hmm. so that kind of concept of, of answers. And this is like all software engineers, all software programmers use this website. If, mm-hmm. you, if, you, if you write code and claim you didn't use this website, you're a liar. And so someone is trying to produce that on Noster. And again, instead of the just upvoting actually having a satoshi amount associated with like oh this answer gave me a thousand satoshis worth of value and those answers Mm -hmm. would just sit there and that's how they rank how they would rank like what is the appropriate answer um so someone's trying to do that on noster and i think i think that's like another example of someone just saying hey there's a system that exists it kind of works but if we add lightning and satoshis to it it kind of works a little bit better Mm -hmm. So it's a value for value model. Yeah. So Stacker News kind of revamped Hacker News and or Reddit. Um, this would be going after the other very heavily trafficked by nerds and techies and stuff. Um, Stack Overflow. Um, so that's just really cool to see. Like it's very similar to how when we got mobile phones, everyone had to rebuild their websites into apps. But it was usually the same company that did that. Right. Now we're in this another cycle where it's like, oh, I see where your app is mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just going to copy it and copy replace this, this stupid liking system with these ephemeral likes that just sit in a database and do nothing and replace them with real money. Boom. I have a product. All and right, babe. What are, what are we doing? Pick one. Let's do it. Literally, there's tons. You go find any website that has a rating system. and Hotternot.com. <laughs> okay. Like maybe not hotternot.com, but like. 
I mean, OnlyFans. OnlyFans, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, OnlyFans got in a bunch of trouble because they were, um, you know, like taking in money and paying out these women that some would argue are prostitutes. And so if you're paying a prostitute, that kind of makes you like this digital pimp. And so their whole banking situation in the very beginning, and I think still kind of going on to this day, is like very tenuous. Like you can have fans, but... Just to be clear, male prostitutes aren't only fans as well. I just said prostitutes. Oh, you said women. The point is, is that if you were to take OnlyFans and just replace that whole marketplace with Bitcoin, mm-hmm. that whole legal tenuous situation disappears. Let's do it. Because you're not moving dollars. You're or just FeetFinder.com. Or FeetFinder. So I just think it's a very interesting, like people are starting to pick up on this and I don't have the time to sit down and like build out the list of all the sites and then rank them from mm-hmm. like user bases and like, what would you really be improving? Like, but someone's doing that right now. And I don't think these people, it's called Swarmster. I don't think these people uh, like stack ranked and like built an actual plan to do this. I think they just wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. But someone right now is sitting down building out that spreadsheet saying, oh, if we do this, but with lightning, it is the best choice from all the choices out there to like rebuild in the new value for value world. I wish we had time to do that. We might have some more time after the next having. Hey. And another piece of Nostra news is that, you know, I've been an avid Amethyst user. I know if you do go on there, you use Domus. Um, but there's a new kid on the block in the Android world called Primal. And Ooh. it doesn't have the lightning stuff built in yet because they just kind of, they're just releasing it. But it definitely feels better than amethyst i'll say that right it it feels better it's smoother it's got a better design right Mm -hmm. it feels more like uh you feel like you're using like an instagram or a twitter kind of okay interface again i'm not i'm not shitting on amethyst like it's great it has a lot of features in it um but there's just something primal (laughs) about this app That makes it feel You're so easy. Yeah, it makes it feel <laughs> good. Gotcha. Right? Got him. Um, <laughs> but the cool thing about this, though, is that they were funded by a venture capitalist company that only funds Bitcoin companies. Okay. So, like, they uh, have the resources. They're not a one person team. They're not a one person team. They have the resources. They have, this is like inside baseball, but like, if I recall correctly, the company that invested in them most of the very popular bitcoiners are involved with that fund in some way somehow to go off on a tangent apparently like half of the users or a third of the users of threads you know instagram's new twitter Uh have logged off they were never logged on yeah yeah right like so it really does feel like the zuckerberg's a scammer oh yes he is but i'm saying like, like i really do think it's the slow death of that type of social media Primal isn't doing anything that anybody existing isn't doing, yeah. right? They're doing exactly that. It's just they removed some things mm-hmm. that make those other products, Facebook definitely, Twitter increasingly, yeah. and TikTok by design, like creepy. Yeah. Right? They just, you just, Noster kind of disincentivizes you to add that creepy layer to your app. Yeah. But the Primal guys, like they had a they had a website and they open sourced that. So anybody can go just take their code and make your own 
Noster web-based interface client now. It's for, you just copy paste, put your logo on it, boom, done. We can have the flirting with Bitcoin Noster viewing website if we wanted to mm-hmm. very easily. Um, that's something that Facebook would never do. They never given away like here, go make your own Facebook clone. Mm-hmm. Right. And then innovate on top of that. You don't have to build that. We did the hard work. Yeah, I understand the difference between the two. I just think that people are less interested in a place to post a sentence. And I think how you've described Noster is going to grow is like going to work beyond that. But I think the whole tweeting, whatever you want to call it. If Threads wants to call it something different, I know there's some like exclusive and like only one. I don't think people are interested in this anymore. I think people are interested in social media. Yes. I think they're definitely interested in social media. I think people show that they're not interested is that they try new things, right? But Noster itself is not social media. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm talking just generally, I do not think that Twitter improving itself is going to get more people on Twitter. And I don't think there being a new version of Twitter on Instagram was going to get more people on there. And we're seeing that actually play out. Yeah, like people those lines on have been first, drawn. Yeah, people hopped on. They were like, um, I'm going to go back to posting pictures of my food. Yeah, I mean, they basically, these, these social media companies have become like digital countries. And when you leave one and go to the other, you may as well be an immigrant. It's like, I don't know how the, the Twitter customs work over here. Like, I don't know Twitter. I don't I don't know TikTok. I don't know Instagram, right? Everyone's already had those in front of them. They've been offered those as a choice. And where you land is what you've chosen. No one from Twitter was going to go to threads and be like, <laughs> it's better over here, guys. It's like, that was never going to happen. So it's very interesting that they even did threads. Well, I think a lot of people on Twitter are already on Instagram. Because what people used to do is they used to post a picture of their tweets on Instagram. Probably. Yeah, you're not on Instagram, so you don't know. Um, but but yeah, so I just think like social media, they all built their private Noster and only they d- determine what gets built on it. And that's why you see like Facebook creating threads or Twitter creating some photo thing. Well, that's just Instagram, right? Like they can only duplicate each other. But with Noster, it's just like a protocol to communicate data and we're seeing like you can build Stack Overflow. Mm-hmm. You don't. It's not just social media. Like you use the same plumbing for different ends, and so you same means for different ends. And I think that because it's an open protocol, the next series of apps that are like everyone's using, three out of ten of them are going to be Noster, and you won't even know. Yeah, I right? agree with you. Um, and it'll just be like it'll be it'll start making people beg the question like why doesn't that other app do this thing after people like accept and expect the value for value lightning transfer concept the next one they're going to start questioning all these other apps for is your account like people getting banned from twitter people getting Mm -hmm. banned from facebook like that's possible on these platforms no one can ban anyone on noster also, like getting your identity stolen. I mean, your, your identity will still get stolen on Noster, right? Like if someone gets your private key, that's, that, that's you. But you have recourse, which is, hey, everyone, this is no longer me, <laughs> right? Because it's not like they can, it's not like they can change your password, right? That's when you get your identity stolen in the current system, someone can go in and change your password and you can't even say, hey, that's not me. In this world, the Noster world and the cryptographic world, like they can get your private key. Oh crap. They got my private key. They did something they shouldn't do, but I also still have my private key. Hey world, this is not me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, even that is a better experience for everyone involved. 
right, babe. No more Noster. What's going on with Bitcoin? Got a follow-up from a story we did a while ago where we were talking about Azteco. And we were like, what is Azteco? I still don't know what Azteco is, but there's a Bitcoin wallet now that will directly read those vouchers that they're selling. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? I remember so, that. Um, it was like where people could go and exchange money for Bitcoin with a voucher. You exchange your cash for the voucher that can then be pulled into as Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? So there's a hardware device manufacturer. They're new. They're newer than the cold card that CoinKite makes, um, but they're called Foundation. Their devices look a little sexier. Got like a big color screen and like gold buttons, I think. It looks really nice. Um, so they make this hardware device, but their companion app. You are just so about the aesthetics. I mean, when you're comparing it to like <laughs> DIY projects, yeah, yeah, like yeah, true, it, true, true. it looks like a nice piece of hardware, mm-hmm. but they make a companion app for your phone, right? So like, so this is the app you use when you're using this hardware device. Well, that app called Envoy is what added this uh, Azteco scanning um, feature. All right, so this is important because it's promoting Bitcoin buying around the world? Well, because now you can convert your cash to that voucher. And when you read the voucher, I'm I'm 95% certain this is what I read. When you read the voucher in, it goes directly to cold storage. Okay. Right. So like the the hardware device, the foundation device is a cold storage device. You'd scan a QR code and you're sending Bitcoin to your cold storage. Like it's that simple. You could do it in five seconds. You give them the cash, give you QR code, scan it in. Boom. Okay. So like that's a pretty big deal. Because Um, you don't need a bank. Because you don't need a bank and it doesn't have to go to a hot wallet. Mm hmm. You know, without that feature, technically, you would have to read that into, let's say, Blue Wallet, mm-hmm. which is a wallet on your phone. Mm-hmm. You got the 12 words, but the key is technically on your phone. And then you'd have to move it from Blue Wallet to cold storage. So them adding this feature just skips that middle step. Okay. I kind of understand that. Yeah. Benef- I understand it, but I understand the benefit to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes it easier for people who maybe don't have those devices or also people who want to be a little shady. I don't know if they want to be shady. They just want their privacy. Privacy in quotes. More like privacy exclamation mark. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything juicy for me? That's a little lame, babe. Or tame. I don't know. I got one juicy one, but I'm, I'm going to give you like two other stories before we get to the juicy one. This, <laughs> this is how Ian does foreplay, apparently. I'm going to give you two more boring ones before the exciting one. I mean... <laughs> These aren't, All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. These aren't boring. They're just follow-ups to other things that have happened. Okay. So, um, chain analysis. So, this is people saying they can read the blockchain and trace Bitcoin. and Oh, come at people's privacy. Yes. Yep. Okay. okay. So, that's why someone might, might want their privacy because okay. someone's made a company to try to remove your privacy. Okay. Right? So, what's going on? And I want to read this directly. I want to directly quote this one because this is funny. So the article, the headline reads, Head of Chain Analysis Investigations admits there's no scientific evidence proving their surveillance software works. <laughs> All right, that makes sense. Elizabeth Brisby, Head of Investigations at Chain Analysis Government Solutions. <sighs> Why did testif- it have to be a woman? Testified that she was air quotes, unaware of scientific evidence for the accuracy of chain analysis's chain analysis's 
reactor software used by law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, anything that law enforcement uses to claim anything tends to be unreliable. Sure. But I just think it's funny because like this checks out. They got a pretty beefy contract with the government to provide this functionality to law enforcement. And they testified before Congress that there's no evidence that what the government is paying for is working or works. What a joke. Right? Using that to go back to a previous story, that developer who got arrested Mm -hmm. in the Netherlands, this is what they used. Yes. And I remember saying, like, how do they even know? Where's the data? Like, I remember all of this and I didn't trust chain analysis. In that episode. Because it's a lot of guessing. What I said in that episode is that it's all probability. Mm -hmm. Having a probability set does not mean that you're correct at the end. It just means that it's possible, but there's no evidence that says that that it's real, right? Like, that's really what she's saying is like, it's possible we caught those criminals because they were criminals, but... I can't prove to you how we did it. It cannot be their sole evidence. Like it could be, oh, where there's smoke, there's fire, go further investigate. Maybe it could warrant getting a warrant. But even then, I feel like it's completely. So. Yeah, it's it's BS. So going back to what we were talking about when that guy got arrested and I was saying, I think this is just to scare Mm -hmm. an intimidation tactic. The thing that they used to arrest that guy is kind of they're admitting, hmm, maybe, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not, right? And if if not, then maybe we shouldn't have that guy in jail. And he's not in jail anymore, but he was in jail for a while. Yeah, his life got disrupted. Um, All right, okay, that wasn't so bad. That was a little juicy. Oh, thank you, Your Highness. You're welcome. <laughs> um, what do you have next? So, Noster is a decentralized protocol, and its first application on it has been social media, i.e. Twitter. Um, but before Noster and this Twitter clone, there was Mastodon. Mm-hmm. You've heard of Mastodon, right? From you. Yeah. Well, from me, but you've you've heard of it. Well, the FBI raided some Mastodon servers. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Because in Mastodon's setup, there is a centralized server. It's mm-hmm. not decentralized. Someone has a server somewhere and I own the keys to it. It's like my mini Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you can connect to it with your username and password, but I can kick you off whenever I want to. That's like the mm-hmm. the, the the value proposition of Mastodon. Well, that server that you're running hosts all the things that all the people that have connected to your server have shared. Mm-hmm. So if I share child porn... Is that what was happening? I'm not. That's not what's oh. happening. What I'm saying is, whatever you share over Mastodon yeah. eventually lands on a server that someone mm-hmm. is in charge of, and got to be careful. Got to be careful what you save to hard disk and put your name on, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's what they th- what they're what they're, they're going after. They're going after. I'm not saying specifically child porn. I'm saying the person that got raided was had something on that server that they were coming for. And maybe he knew it was there, maybe he didn't. But if you want to run a Mastodon server, that's the risk you're taking. With Noster, technically, none of the apps host what's posted. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a website um, that's taking on a lot of that liability. But for the most part, there is no like Domus database, right? There is no um, Primal. Well, I think Primal does have a web server, but like... There is no Domus database where like every picture that was shared on Noster ended up in Domus will 
is like responsible for. Um, so yeah, like this is like another example of the government coming for things that are not fully decentralized. If you have a central okay. point of failure, they have a way to get at you. Chain analysis was a way to get at you. That wasn't apparently real. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, but this stuff. It was this artificial front of, oh, we can we can see what you're doing. Yeah. No, you can't. We all know how fast the government moves. So the fact that they're just, well, I won't say it like that, but the fact that they're just raiding Mastodon servers means they got a lot of time to catch up to Noster. <laughs> Bro, the Mastodon's like 2015. <laughs> <laughs> they're finally kicking indoors. They pissed someone off. Someone off. Are we going to talk about the X? What X? The Twitter X. No. No? You don't care? The only reason he put that X up there was for you and I to talk about the X. You're right. I don't really care about it. But so then let's not talk about it. Okay, fine. All right. right. Is this the last story, the juicy story? Now on to the juicy one. Okay. Um, we're skipping over some other ones because they're not important to you based on your reactions. <laughs> I think I have great reactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get I, I picked out of this list what you I knew you would be interested in. <laughs> I had to work on that last one, but I knew that I could tie it into what Mondana cares about. You just about. love when people get in trouble. I do not love when people get in trouble. I love when people understand the trouble that they can get in and mm. avoid it. But enough with the foreplay. So Coinbase. <gasps> oh, go. <laughs> I have something else to talk to you about after this. Oh, okay. Okay. Coinbase is claiming that before the SEC officially like sued them, they came to them directly and they and they said, quote, we believe every asset other than Bitcoin is a security. And we said, we being Coinbase, well, how are you coming to that conclusion? Because that's not our interpretation of the law. And then they said, which this just sounds they like- They is SEC. SEC. This just sounds like high school gossip now, yeah. but like the point is, and then they said, we're not going to explain it to you you need to delist every asset other than Bitcoin. Nice. Well, yes and no. I mean, nice for Bitcoiners, but like this is what the SEC was saying to Coinbase before they sued them. Yeah. Now, as Bitcoiners, we'd probably cheer that and go, yay, right? But from Coinbase's perspective, that sounds like a shakedown because the SEC has this. But is, they've been saying this for years. But this is this is. This, and Coinbase has been operating, you could say, in bad faith all this time. I think both parties have been acting in bad faith. I think that what happened was, this is going a little conspiratorial, but I think this is what happened. I think that there was a financial scheme afoot. <laughs> and here's what the scheme was. Tell, tell me if this makes if this sounds crazy to you. BlackRock finally figures out Bitcoin. We got to get in on this thing. Mm -hmm. Someone, it finally clicked for someone at the top what the having was. That finally clicked with them. That's what this is. It finally clicked. They said, oh crap, we got less than a year and they tanked the market. They tanked the market and possibly they are the reason why FTX got caught out in the first place. Possibly, but whatever. What Coinbase is saying, the SEC was saying to them, I think this was BlackRock's first attempt at jacking the price of Coinbase up, of, of Bitcoin up, after they'd already acquired it. After BlackRock had already acquired their Bitcoin. I mean, maybe, but I, at the same time, 
the SEC was gearing up to come after Coinbase. This, oh, they, this, they always this were. didn't happen in a vacuum. They like there was a lot of other things going on. There are congressional hearing after congressional hearing about cryptocurrency fraud. It's hurting a lot of Americans. But like, why is it happening right now? Why did all of why this? Why didn't hap- it happen a year ago? Why didn't it happen two months ago? Like that's my point. Is it's or why isn't it happening three months from now? Like that it's is, just that is when also it's my point. Right. If it happened three months from now, it would still be before the having. It's just something that needs to get done. Right. But what I'm getting at is that all of the we'll just call it revelations of the major players of the American financial system all pulled their levers within three to six months. That's what I'm getting at is everyone made their move in the same period of time. I, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying, but having this podcast now for a year and a half and we've been talking about it, the crypto crash that happened last year, it's like, I think all of these things are playing out in the order that they're expected to and the time that they're kind of expected to. All of this is a huge mess and there's a lot of companies that are falling apart like FTX and if they don't go after Coinbase, they're letting Coinbase get away with it. They've been up until this point, but now they're like, it's done. And I don't think Bitcoiners, look, if Bitcoiners or you specifically want to have conspiracy theories around this, like fine, but ultimately Bitcoin and these other cryptocurrencies are different. And if they're coming and saying that, like, that's what you wanted a year ago. I'm not arguing that point. The point that I'm really trying to point out is that the crypto crash of the summer and everything that like kind of fell out of that, NFTs fell off the board, um, DeFi kind of collapsed, like all these other things that were based off of crypto, they were all already crashing, right? They were already like, people were already like, I'm out, mm-hmm. right? Okay. There was no more, in my opinion, there was very little bottom left for like crypto. Crypto was dead, especially after FTX. It was dead. You got Shaq ducking sheriffs trying to serve him for court papers, right? Like he's a very, you, you can't hide Shaq, right? Like Shaq trying to hide is like silly. But my point is that like there was no more room left for crypto to fall. So to come to Coinbase and say, like, remove all this stuff, it's like, bro, like everything's already happened. But wasn't Coinbase what? going into all of these agreements? with? Isn't BlackRock in agreement with Coinbase? Yes. Yeah. BlackRock's holding. Coinbase is going to be the holder of all of BlackRock's Bitcoin. Right. And they didn't come through and say, we're done with everything but Bitcoin. Who? Coinbase. They were still selling other crypto. Right. But my point is that if the SEC didn't come in and say, stop it, they were never going to stop. And like to drive up the price of it. I mean, look, all all of these things can be true at the same time. Your conspiracy theory could be true. But at the same time, all of this was going to needed to play out anyways. You cannot let Coinbase continue to sell garbage coins to Americans. There's a difference between letting Coinbase sell garbage coins to Americans and not like the final sentence is the point that I'm making the most emphasis on here. We're not going to explain it to you. Just do it. That's what they said to a company. We're not here to explain ourselves because even though we haven't, which that's debatable, 
But like, I thought they have. I thought they went into detail about why. No, for example, Ethereum is a security. The lawsuit that they eventually filed against Coinbase was their explanation. Mm -hmm. But what was preceded before that is we're not going to explain ourselves. Do this or else. That is what I'm hearing. I'm not a fan of Brian Armstrong. I'm not a fan of Coinbase. What I'm also not a fan of is the government going to a company and saying, without any explanation, do this. I don't think that's what it is, though. It's saying these are securities and they're saying, well, we disagree with you. And it's like, well, we're saying they're securities. Get this done. Right. It's like not my job to do your homework. I've made the decision on what this is. Right. I realize that I'm defending Coinbase here and I don't want to, but... (laughs) The, the, the thing here is that when they're making this statement, the SEC was in court arguing about whether or not something else was a security, and they weren't winning. It, it was not defined whether or not what has been going on. Like, we all as Bitcoiners are like, yeah, that's all a security, like, shut it down. But if you're in court losing a case... Losing the, what case? Uh, SEC was suing Ripple. What's Ripple? Another coin? Another coin, Right. And so they were in court. And did they lose that case? Apparently it came out 50-50. Okay. So the judge said there were two sales of their token is called XRP. There was two sales of that token. The first sale was to like insiders. And the judge is saying that either that is or isn't a security. And then there was a second sale that was to retail through the programmatic exchanges and stuff like that. And the judge is saying, whatever they said for the first one, it's the opposite. I forget which one is which. doesn't really matter. But the judge is saying, like, half of this is a security, half of this isn't. That's the best that's come out of court so far. And so the SEC saying, we're not going to explain it as they're losing a case in court. That's what I see in this story mm-hmm. is they they saw they were losing and they tried to bully them into agreeing to bolster their case that they were losing. So is losing. Coinbase fighting less? I mean, they've, they've been fighting it since the, yeah. you know. So it'll come out. Right. But that's like, I don't want to defend Coinbase because I, I wish that they wouldn't sell all those coins. But I think the other side is also important to point out, which is the government is trying to bully you into making a change in your business that I don't think they necessarily had to at the moment that this conversation took place. Now that that court case has come through and that 50-50 ruling, like there's some of the explanation, but to just say, we're not going to explain ourselves, like just do it. Like that's not how this place is really set up. U.S. Uh, US government, baby. Well, that's how they like to operate. Yeah. But that's not how this hey, place is Coinbase set up. Coinbase wants to push back, let them. Let's and I think happens. they will. I mean, they, they're Coinbase. They got a lot of money. Worst case scenario is they'll just pay the fine and just keep operating as they want to. That's how this country works. Episode is going well, yeah? I think so. Wish I had the time to make some clips to promote it. Yeah, but you don't. That's why we pay our listeners to do that. Mm, how does that work again? If someone makes a clip on Fountain, we send them some sets. But give me the fine print, baby. It's 250 for the current episode and 100 for the older ones. And also if they tweet it out, right? They gotta use the hashtag flirting with Bitcoin clips and post it on Noster for me to see it. Then I'll zap those same amounts. That's pretty generous, babe. Our listeners are pretty generous with their time making the clips. Well, isn't this just a lucrative love fest for us all? More like it pays to listen to the flirting with bitcoin podcast okay babe before we go what is going on with ftx was sam bankman freed like like let go he's never been in jail 
So what's going on? Is he getting in trouble? From what I can tell, no. Wow. He made a lot of donations to political people. And the bigger of the charges, I think, it was from the political angle. Like, these are illegal donations and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And apparently those charges got dropped or in the process of being dropped. People are mad that they're being dropped. So like, they're appealing. They're being dropped. But this is also happening as, like, Hunter Biden had some plea deal that was like inappropriate to the judge and I hate that word. Is it the same judge? Different judge but like judges are in these two cases and I think just in general like looking at what's going on and saying like what is this? Mm -hmm. Like I can't be impartial like I know what this person did and you're letting them off like something's up here right? Mm -hmm. Sam has never been in jail he was out on bail almost immediately his bail is a controversy even just how he Got the bail paid was like a controversy. Everything around this kid is like controversy. Um, but he's never been in jail. He's not a kid. He's a grown ass man. He's a man child. That's fine. But let's not call him a kid. His, none of his accomplices are in jail. They're all just out and about. Maybe they got some of their money seized. But like, I know his accomplices haven't turned over any money as far as I've heard. So all I'm hearing is today in the news No one's being held accountable for anything. Yes, we live in a zero accountability society. All right, so what rules are we going to break tonight, baby? You know, I was thinking about this the other day as I was sitting at a red light and there was no cars around. And I was like, I could just drive through this red light. And I just sat there and I waited. I waited for it to turn green. There's still no cars and I I drove on. When I was in the Air Force, they used to say, like, integrity, I'm just going to say, is doing the right thing when no one's around, when no one's Mm -hmm. looking, right? I don't think that we... I don't think we live in a society where, like, people have to follow the rules. Like, I don't. Like, I I think unless there's a monetary penalty that's tacked onto you immediately, no one really follows the rules. They just live their lives the way they think they want to live their lives. Hoping they don't get caught. Hoping they don't get caught. Yep. Right? And, And... some of the rules, I think, are are necessary. You know, like, no murder. That's a good one. Because I don't want to be murdered. But then some of the rules are just so comical that I don't blame anyone for not following any of the rules. What's the funniest rule you can think of off the top of your head? Before COVID, I probably had a different list. But COVID just gave me a list that was like... Give me one. Give you one. I saw... Uh, uh, it was a meme, but it still proves the point. People in a pool doing water aerobics with plexiglass in front of them, like during COVID, right? They have blocked off the pool with plexiglass, and these people are literally doing water aerobics with a mask on with a freaking plexiglass thing in front of them. Those people were just following the rules. Someone said, if you want to do this thing today, this is what you have to do. And they didn't think that was crazy. They just did it. I saw a lot of that stuff over the last couple of years. And it's like, man, not all rules are meant to be followed. Like sometimes you can just call bullshit and walk away. And I'll admit, like I was very shocked at what I saw people go along with that I still see people go along with today. Like after COVID, they've said COVID is over and you still see people driving around in their cars by themselves with a mask on. Mm -hmm. Like, Part of that is just insanity because they're not thinking through mm. what this actually means. But also, I would just argue like that was traumatic where like it made people just break down their reasoning and say, this makes sense. Or just what are the rules today? I'll just what are the rules today? Exactly. To right. Yeah. So like that's that's really where I think we are. And that's why you can see things like SBF and, and Hunter Biden go down and 
know that they're not going to be held accountable because it's like, well, only chumps follow the rules. Or a lot of these rules are made up. They don't really matter when you violate these rules. The consequences aren't that big of a deal because a lot of people are breaking these rules. Exactly. So like SBF like lost air quotes because they know where it is. He lost like $10 billion. I work at a financial company. If I take like $5, I'll get fired. If we don't pay like $500 in our taxes, yeah. they'll come for us. Yeah. So like, I just I mean, think there's like, a different set of rules for different people as but, well, but. But the, the, the point here is like, the only reason that you're able to break certain rules is because other people have to allow you to break them. And so this guy, SBF, and I won't make this anything political about Hunter Biden, but like, and Hunter Biden, like, and everyone kind of already knowing just from how everything went down, they're not going to be held accountable. Like, that is not that that person is just a person that's not accountable to anyone. There are a group of people that are enabling the fact that they're not held accountable. And I think those are the people that we need to really focus on when we say, like, how is SBF just just walking around? It's like, okay, technically the legal system says he can walk around if he posts this bail that the judge set. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, yeah, we believe in bail and all that fun stuff. Then you go look at the bail and it's like, wait, it was $50 million and he put up $4 million. He didn't even pay bail. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, even the bail is, like, corrupt. So, like, when you hear the other people say, like, oh, cash bail is, like, racist, it's like, I don't know if it's racist, but there's some people that don't pay the full amount and get out. Last, yeah. <laughs> and there's some people who pay the full amount and end up right back in because yeah. they follow you around waiting for you to do something. Like, yeah. SPF is just, like, such a microcosm of our country. And the fact that someone could, learn, could lose, could literally steal and then lose $10 billion and just, like, walk into Starbucks the next day. <laughs> like... Have you no shame? Even Bernie Madoff had the respectability to like hide from public. You know, it's like the constant reminder, a reinforcement. The money's not real. The money that he lost isn't mm-hmm. real, right? Like that money's not real. That money's not. But you real. know what's real, baby? Surprise me. My love for you and Bitcoin. listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to Fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. 
Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first stats, which are fractions of a Bitcoin. And keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.